2: This is Bet Center on VCEN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Welcome in. It is indeed the Bet Center here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. I am Brady Cannon, live at the Circa Resort in Casino in downtown Las Vegas, Nevada. And my partner, Holden Kushner, is along for the ride via Denver, Colorado, as we take you through the next three hours of live in-game action. We've got hockey, golf, basketball, NBA action, everything going on for your final Sunday in the month of February. Holden, good to work with you, my friend how are you, sir?
4: Doing wonderful. We're just watching the end of this uh, Jazz and Suns game. Montana, Montana State, you know, being out in Denver, big sky country here. Looking forward to seeing the second half of this game. So I got a little bit going on in hoops, but uh, college hoops starting to take center stage, huh? This is exciting. You know, we're flipping the calendar to March in a couple of days, and the best time of year is almost here.
3: No, absolutely, and what a day Saturday was with seven teams in the top ten in the AP rankings falling outright to upset on Saturday, and it looks like that's a little precursor for possibly uh, quite an NCAA tournament that we have coming up in March. Let's take a look at the games currently going on on the college hardwood. A lot of Big Ten action today. Ohio State is at Maryland, and the Terps really taking it to the Buckeyes. Ohio State closed as a four-point favorite in this one with a total of 141 and a half. And right now, with just about four minutes left in this contest, Maryland up by 11, 64 to 53, Holden. They are eight and a half point favorites in the live market.
4: Yeah, that's absolutely unacceptable. This Maryland team is one of the worst in all of college basketball. I know Danny Manning's trying to get his job, but trying to get this job, it's not going to happen. And uh, for, <laughs> for for Maryland, just to get this win, I mean, anyone at this point, if they had it at home, they would be storming the court. Been a very, very tough year for the Terps. That's a team I used to cover. Uh, it's unfortunate because it's one of the, the better schools in college basketball, especially in the Big Ten. But it's been a hell of a bad year this year.
3: The St. John's Johnnies and DePaul Blue Demons are going at it as well. The Johnnies suffered a tough loss earlier this week. A outright upset by Creighton. St. John's was favored by five points in that. And their tournament hoops or tournament hopes are now getting very slim for St. John's. They closed here as two and a half point road favorites at DePaul with a total of one third or one fifty-three and a half. And right now, DePaul, another upset in the making here, holding forty-seven to four. 41. They are at the break and DePaul is a two and a half point favorite now. So St. John's closes as a two and a half point favorite at halftime. They are now a two and a half point underdog trailing by six.
4: Yeah, they got NIT written all over them right now. It's unfortunate. Uh, Listen, uh, this is a team that's sitting here in the in the middle of the Big East. DePaul, on the other hand, one of the worst teams and NCAA, the only reason they're not in last place in the Big East is because Georgetown. And by the way, I don't know if anybody saw it. <laughs> Connecticut was covering this thing. The whole game, they had a 21-point lead. About three minutes left. They couldn't cover the 11. But as far as the Johnnies go, NIT bound for them.
3: And you mentioned Montana and Montana State, the little in state rivalry there. Montana currently out in front by 11, 44 to 33. Just 15 seconds left in the first half there. That was at Montana, and they are eight and a half point favorites in the live market and more big 10 action in the state of minnesota the indiana hoosiers like st john's they are also playing for their tournament lives they are on the road at minnesota in the role of the favorite and this one just about to get underway indiana looks like they will close as a three and a half point road favorite with a total of
4: 131
3: and a half holden did you do anything with this one
4: you know this is interesting. Uh, these are live betting opportunities for me. We haven't worked together. I'm a huge live better in basketball. You're almost always going to get a better number in game than you are pregame. Uh, so I'm I'm looking to I'm looking to target this one live. Indiana's really interesting though because th- what they had that five game losing streak, um, and then they bounce back. They're 17 and 10. They have to have this win. They're going to have to win this. They're going to have to probably put three more wins on the board. I think for them to get to the tournament. Uh, and again. This is a team defensively that could shut down just about anybody. Offensively, they have their issues. Um, it's a game that I'm mildly interested. In today.
3: You know, what's interesting is uh, you talk about Indiana and a must win situation. It seems about like their last four games have been must win situations for the Hoosiers, yeah. and they've lost a number of them, but they're still alive, apparently, according to a lot of the bracketologists. What about you? Do you think, uh, I mean, obviously, like you said, they have to win this one today. What are your chances in mind for Indiana?
4: Yeah, I think they got to get three wins. I think to the to 20 win mark would be. The way for them to get into the tournament, they've got to figure out a way to get a couple wins in a Big Ten tournament. If they can score, if they can get going offensively, have a hot night shooting, then I see them winning this game. If they don't, they're going to be locked up with a team that is inferior to them. I think the Minnesota is an inferior team, but Indiana's is just playing bad basketball. And I mentioned how bad Maryland was. That's the one win they got.
3: Yes, exactly, and uh, we've got a couple of the uh, bottom feeders in the Big Ten going at the top of the hour, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, Nebraska at Penn State. You talked about how bad Maryland is. Nebraska just 1-16 in conference. The Nittany Lions under 500 in conference as well at 7 and 10 and obviously these teams will have to make quite a bit of noise in the Big 10 tournament to have any postseason hopes. Penn State opened as a 10 and a half point favorite with a total of 137 and a half and holding no movement. I don't know if people don't care about this game or just cannot find an edge.
4: I'm going to make this really short and sweet, okay? Brady, I come into this game I got notes on every single game, college, NBA. I know you're a golf guy, we'll talk some golf. This is what I wrote next to Nebraska Penn State is not a game I am interested in. So there you go. Yeah, no, that, that's <laughs> about it. Nebraska Penn State.
3: Penn State has played some tough games this year. They kind of seem to yeah. always be that basketball program where they can pull off an upset or two, but certainly a real down year for the uh, uh, for the Cornhuskers of Nebraska. Let's talk about uh, some basketball in the NBA a little bit. We had one game in action uh, at the half, I believe, or just into the second half when we came on the air, the Boston Celtics visiting the Indiana Pacers and the Celtics opened as seven and a half point favorites with a total of 223 and a half, but Boston was really on a roll. They came in having won nine of their last ten and they saw some money in this one today Holden. Uh, They were bet up all the way to nine and a half point favorites and the total saw some money go to the over closing at 226 and a half. What are your thoughts on the Celtics? Now the Pacers, you know, they're really probably in a rebuild mode but the Celtics, they have Eastern Conference championships on their mind
4: yeah winners of 11 to 12 listen they're down now at the half and i, and I like what the pacers did here getting rid of sabonis bringing in healed bringing in halliburton that was all well and good but i was just talking about defense in a college game that's what boston's predicated on i do wonder um how that doesn't translate into the playoffs. I love teams that can clamp down defensively. They got a couple of nice scores there in Tatum and Brown as well. I'm all in on the Celtics and for the, anybody that doesn't think Boston can hang in the East, I think you put them up against the Sixers. That would be an old school game, right? Like the early 80s. You put them against the Sixers, I think they could beat the Sixers. I think they could beat the Nets. I think that the Boston Celtics have a good shot of getting through the East and I don't know how much value there is anymore. I remember it being 7 to 1 a couple of weeks ago, but At this point, Um, The Celtics are a team that are definitely on my radar. How about you?
3: Yeah, no, I I feel the same way, and we've talked about it for the last couple of weeks, that that's probably the team, you know, quote-unquote, that nobody wants to play right now in the Eastern Conference. I also kind of like the Miami Heat. I don't think they're really getting enough credit. They're currently in first place in the conference. I'm not a big fan of the Brooklyn Nets. I don't expect, even when they get all their pieces back together, that they'll just be able to flip the switch and have that instant chemistry that I'm sure is going to be needed in spades in the playoffs. So yeah, the Celtics are certainly on my radar as are the Miami Heat. I don't think the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks are out of it just yet, but Holden, interestingly every game we've talked about here we're developing a theme. All of these underdogs currently in the lead outright and that includes the Indiana Pacers over those Boston Celtics. Again Boston closing is nearly double digit favorites and right now they're a two and a half point dog at the half 66 to 55 Indiana out in front of Boston Boston right now, again, at the break. Uh, they are two-and-a-half-point favorites to take this game all the way to the finish line. And, Holden, I imagine you mentioned the Suns and the Jazz at the top of the show there. Uh, that game just went final, and the Jazz were able to take out Phoenix in in the desert. Uh, so a big uh, big win there for Utah. I'm trying to find the final score here. I believe it was 118-114.
4: Yeah, okay, I missed the last,
3: uh, right, absolutely, I missed the last point, I thought it was 117-114, but 118-114, the Jazz get the win and the outright, and the outright cover.
4: Yeah, and the Jazz bench today was absolutely spectacular, that was the difference in this game, listen, you talk about the Suns, they're still, they're still the favorites out there in the West, right, we gotta see how Chris Paul's gonna, gonna be bouncing back, but I'm, I'm never comfortable Uh, betting against this jazz team. And this is right. Like a sick, we talk about college signature wins. This is a signature win for the jazz to go into Phoenix. And as a guy that wants to see the nuggets be successful, honest to God, a little disappointed to see Utah go into Phoenix today and get that win. But that just shows you how good this team is. Donovan Mitchell decided to put the team on the back today. He did that. And the bench led by Jordan Clarkson, spectacular, great win great win for the Jazz.
3: Yeah, Clarkson was outstanding. I believe he had 10 points just in the fourth quarter alone and that Mm -hmm. certainly is a big win for Utah as they try to position themselves in the Western Conference. I kind of think Chris Paul and the injury there to the thumb may be a benefit in the long run. He should be back for the playoffs and he'll get a chance to rest his legs for a good six or eight weeks here. Uh, Similar situation with Draymond Green and the Golden State Warriors. We will cover the NBA, preview the games, including your Nuggets hold they are in action tonight as well. We will preview some more NBA action coming up in the next segment. Ohio State now trailing Maryland by 15 points. Just a minute left to go in this contest, 75 to 60 in favor of the Terps. And DePaul is opening it up on the St. John's Red Storm in the second half. Now 52 to 46. About 17 minutes left to go in that one. Montana and Montana State still in a timeout, 44 to 33 in favor of Montana Indiana up early on Minnesota 10 to seven in the first half. We'll be right back with more of the Bet Center on VN.
2: This is Beth Center on v the sports betting network.
3: Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game in every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops-Peterson, on every key team, conference, and player to watch, from the favorites to the potential Cinderella. Sign up today and get the betting guide, plus full access to vSIN, all the way through April the 5th for only $19. It's all available at vcin.com madness. Brady Cannon and Holden Kushner here with you inside the Vsin Bet Center on a Sunday, keeping track of all the action on the hardwood. The Indiana Pacers leading the Boston Celtics 66 to 55 at the half. And Holden, while we were off air at the break, he decided to get involved in this one.
4: Yeah, again, this was one of the games I was looking at. Very tough for me to bet uh, pre-game in the NBA. Sometimes I'll do it, but the Celtics are just such the better team than the Indiana Pacers. This is the second worst team out there. Um, I I think when it's all said and done, they are going to be uh, having a very nice draft pick at the end of the year. And for Boston, we talked about this. One of the best defensive teams in the league. They've got a couple of studs in Tatum and Brown. Um, give me the Celtics plus two, because I think if you looked at that pregame, you said, I can get the Celtics plus two. You're absolutely taking them. Here's the first live bet of the night.
3: Well, apparently you're not alone in your thinking there as the live market has moved to plus one and a half on the Celtics, Mm -hmm. so certainly some action coming in on Boston, and just as I say that, now it moves back to two and a half, so going both ways here at BetMGM Uh anyway, between the Celtics and the Indiana Pacers. Let's talk about some games coming up here pretty soon, filling out the rest of your Sunday evening in the NBA, 4pm Pacific, 7pm Eastern. It'll be the Detroit Pistons at the Charlotte Hornets, and Charlotte, what be in position to get into the play-in round of the playoffs today. They are in the 9-hole in the Eastern Conference. Now, the Pistons are nearly dead last in the conference and big underdogs on the road this evening. And how about this? The Hornets have lost 8 out of 10, and they're still laying 10 points at home with a total of 229, Kushner. Holden, I know you said you're not... You can uh, call
4: me Kushner. Kushner? Call me Kushner all you want, buddy. Either way. Let's
3: go. Well, I know you said you're not uh, a fanatic about betting the NBA prior to tip-off, and nor am I. And you and I again, we're talking off-air about you can really get a good feel for the ebb and flow of an NBA game, and that really lends itself to in-game betting. Now, that being said, do you want any part of the Charlotte Hornets hosting the Detroit Pistons?
4: No, this is another one. What were we talking about—the Penn State game? Yes. uh, On the college side, this this is another one. I know the the Hornets are just kind of in the mix here, playing game team, but the Pistons are just so bad. The NBA, (laughs) when you've got two teams that I don't like and I do not like either one of these games, I don't even have a plan of attack. You know, and I think it's interesting. We get to know each other a little bit as, as far as betting goes. You know, for me, I'm not going to even bother touching a game where I feel uncomfortable. Some guys will make a pick. Some ladies will make a pick. They'll say this is the way that we're going. For me, Pistons, Hornets, it's another game I just crossed off the list. I have no interest in betting it. Obviously, we could talk about it. I think the Hornets have done a good job in the East. They're 20-18 and on that side. The Pistons, probably the worst team in the NBA, although the Nuggets without Nikola Jokic on the floor are the worst team in the NBA. We can talk (laughs) about the great Jokic in a little bit, but – uh, no, I want nothing to do with this game, my friend.
3: My first reaction would be to lean towards taking the points with the Pistons. You know, I certainly don't want to lay 10 points with a Hornets club that has no. lost eight out of their last 10, but I feel me, maybe that's a little bit too obvious there, and it's not like uh, people have made a lot of money, you know, trusting the Pistons as well. So that is going to be a stay away for me. Uh, also tipping off at the top of the hour, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, the Clippers are in Houston to take on the Rockets, and the Clippers have won two in a row, and they've played themselves into the eighth spot in the Western Conference, two and a half games ahead of their crosstown rival Lakers. Now, Houston brings up the rear. You talk about one of the worst teams in the NBA, Holden. They bring up the rear in the Western Conference, and they have lost eight games in a row. Los Angeles is favored on the road here at Houston by seven with a total of 229 and a half. Uh, This is another one where my first inclination, Holden, is to look towards the dog catching the points.
4: Yeah, it is impressive, though, how the Clippers are 500 without their two best players, right? Absolutely. Still no George uh, on that side, no Kawhi this year. Man, Kennard, Reggie Jackson. I mean, there have been some guys that have really stepped up for the Clippers. They're coming off that big win over the Lakers, which, whew, that was a, a mild shocker for me, but that just shows you how bad the Lakers are playing right now. Uh, as far as the Rockets, you know, they're the worst team in the NBA. They've lost eight straight points, but... Do you really want to take a risk on the Clippers here coming off a big win, taking on the the Rockets with that number? No. If you wanted a plan of attack, maybe you hit the Clippers during the game, but pregame, I'm right there with you, my friend. Very uncomfortable back of the Clippers, even though it is a horrible team the Rockets.
3: St. John's, by the way, making a little run here in the second half. They have trimmed the deficit to three points and make that now back to five points. 59 59 56, so three points once again. Uh, DePaul still leading the St. John's Red Storm and St. John's now a three and a half point dog in the live market. Your total moves all the way to 177 and a half. A lot of scoring in this contest. Uh, We turn to the Mavericks and the Warriors. This will tip off at 430 Pacific, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Golden State six games back and make it five and a half games back now of first place Phoenix in the Western Conference. They've won six out of their last ten games and the Dallas Mavericks are in the five hole in the conference. They've also taken six out of their last ten. Warriors are a short home favorite here. holding laying three and a half with a total of 218.
4: Yeah, the Warriors kind of lived into the all-star break, came back, beat the Beat the Trailblazers, a game they should have won. Uh, Looking for news on Klay Thompson. I haven't seen anything on that. He's listed as questionable tonight. That'll be a big piece of news. Um, Also, you've got Wiseman making his debut, hopefully, this week. But with the team that you're seeing right now with the Warriors, be nice to see them get back on track. Draymond should be back before the end of the regular season. I do lean toward the Warriors in this game, a very important game here. The Warriors could pick up some ground on Phoenix uh, with that loss. And then on the other side, you've got the Mavericks who are sitting there in the five spot, probably uh, just holding on here, trying to hold the Nuggets off because you don't want to finish seventh in either one of these conferences this year. So uh, two teams, I think two really good playoff teams. If I had a lean here, it would be the Warriors.
3: I'm thinking a little bit about the over the total. 218 feels a little low to me, but as you mentioned, with Clay Thompson listed as Clay. questionable, obviously he's a contributor in a big way to that point total, probably somewhere in the. I mean, you could probably count on Clay for at least 15 points. I think I would wait to uh, play the total before I saw his status.
4: Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. You've got to know if Clay Thompson is playing this game. And it'll probably have as big of a, uh, uh, it'll probably have just about as big an impact on the total as it would decide in this one, Brady.
3: Absolutely. More games out West a little later this evening. The Denver Nuggets, your Denver Nuggets there, Holden. They are in Portland to take on the Trailblazers, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. And your Nuggets have absolutely been on a roll. They've won five straight. They are now in the sixth hole in the Western Conference standings with 22 games left to play in the regular season. Portland currently occupying the 10th spot. That would be the final spot in the play-in round of the playoffs. Denver a solid Solid road favorite here, Holden, laying eight with a total of 228.
4: Yeah, again, this is a game I will live bet. I'm going to try to get this number down around three. That would that would mean the Trailblazers get off to a, uh, a big, big lead at some point in time in this game. Uh, so it might be a situation where I don't even get into it. I like Denver to win. I don't feel comfortable with them covering the eight, despite the fact that that they have won seven of eight. And you look at Portland, this team is, whoo, they are beating up. You go look at that back at the start of the season, Lillard, McCollum, Nurkic, Norm Powell, Covington. I mean, it's just so many guys are just not there from the beginning of the season. Another really bad team. I don't see Denver having a letdown here. I'd just like to get a better number. And I'm sure at some point in time, you and I could discuss Nikola Jokic, being the MVP, because I promised everybody in Denver, anytime I'm on a national platform, I will continue to pound the drum for the best NBA player or the best basketball player in the world Nikola Jokic.
3: Well, we do have a segment coming up a little later in the Bet Center program where we will look indeed at the MVP for the NBA race and that market. I believe Nikola Jokic is the second choice right now, just slightly higher odds than Joel Embiid of the Philadelphia 76ers. And by the way, the Indiana Pacers, not so good for your Boston Celtics bet. They are off to a hot start to begin the third quarter there back in Indiana. Eight minutes, eight and a half minutes left in the third quarter now, and they are up on the Celtics 78 to 61. And in the live market, they move to five and a half point favorites. How about the total on this game? Up to 240 and a half. And you talked about Boston's ability to play defense. Not the case there, as the total would reflect. Again, the live number at 240 and a half. And DePaul still hanging on to a lead over St. John's, 64 to 58 there. The Blue Demons trying to knock off St. John's and possibly a eliminate St. John's from all possible postseason hopes. One more game that will tip off later this evening down in Los Angeles. It will be the Los Angeles Lakers taking on the New Orleans Pelicans. This is number nine versus number 11. The Lakers in the nine hole. The Pelicans would currently be out of the playoff picture in the 11 hole. We will come back and preview that one later in the show. Next up, we are talking NBA and also a little football, Bay Area football, Bay Area basketball with Dieter Birkenbach will join the program next. Get his thoughts on the Golden State Warriors, their game tonight with the Mavericks, and also the quarterback situation for the San Francisco 49ers right here at V SIN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: This is Bet Center on V the Sports Betting Network.
3: If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. You can catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to VEASAN.com slash podcast and get Coast to Coast Hoops with Greg Hoops Peterson. He'll look at every major and some of the minor college basketball games on the upcoming schedule to find betting opportunities. There's also Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. We've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My guy. Guys in the desert and many more. They're all for free and available now at vsin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Brady Cannon and Holden Kushner with you here on a Sunday afternoon. And Holden, speaking of podcast you do, is it the Denver City podcast for Vsin, the Bet Rivers Denver City podcast?
4: It is. It's the Denver City cast presented by Bet Rivers. And uh, right now, a lot of basketball. Always going to talk some Broncos and odds, but it's a betting show. Uh, obviously, some opinions are there, but Colorado State is going to be one of the funnest teams to watch in the NCAA tournament. Colorado coming off a big win over Arizona. I know we're going to talk some college hoops here in a minute. Uh, the Nuggets are playing well. The Avs, the favorite to win the Stanley Cup. So if as long as it's not football or baseball, things are going very well here in Denver. <laughs> Unfortunately, too, uh, the two best teams in town, over 70% of Denver can't watch. It's absolutely fascinating the nuggets have the lowest television ratings in the NBA and it's because of a spat between the organization and various television providers so it's an odd market man again the best team in hockey one of the the MVP in the NBA And the overwhelming majority in town do not watch these two teams.
3: Very Very interesting. Kind of like Los
4: Angeles and the Dodgers.
3: Right. It's unfortunate, too. Uh, Certainly a lot going on there Mm -hmm. in a positive way for Denver sports. And we will talk a little Denver Broncos football later in the program as well. Uh, In the last segment, we had one more game to talk about, and that is the New Orleans Pelicans in Los Angeles to take on the Lakers. I mentioned these teams deep in the conference standings, the Lakers in the nine hole, they would be in the play-in round. The Pelicans would be not in the play-in round as they are currently in the 11 hole in the Western Conference. And both of these teams in a little bit of a struggle as of late. Now, the Pelicans positively have won 6 out of 10, but the Lakers have lost 7 out of their last 10 ball games. They opened as a 2-point favorite, and New Orleans saw a little bit of the money. Right now, we are at Lakers minus 1.5 with a total of 223. Again, still about 3 hours before tip-off.
4: We got a long time for this one, but if you're a Laker fan, you're obviously very frustrated. Uh, LeBron's already talking about where the future could be. He's frustrated. There's no doubt about it. Russell Westbrook came in, just hasn't been a very clean fit to this point. And they are going either to the play in game or they're going to completely tank and miss the playoffs altogether. And it wouldn't be tanking on purpose. It would just be because they just have not been able to mesh. Westbrook has not mastered his role lebron's been hurt a lot here goes ad once again like is there an athlete with more talent that's injured more than anthony davis lakers lost four of five eight of eleven. Three of the losses though have been by one possession so it's not all that bad but um again i i'm really worried about what's going on with the lakers right now if i'm a laker fan and the pelicans have a shot to take this one
3: you know, it's very interesting, Holden. Uh, of course, you had Zion Williamson playing a big role for the New Orleans mm-hmm. Pelicans, but they were just like an automatic over-the-total bet last year, last season, it seemed like. Uh, didn't play a whole lot of defense and could really score a lot of points. And obviously, odds makers adjust to that type of thing. They are now one of the most frequently hitting teams towards the under-the-total in this next mm-hmm. season.
4: I mean, if you're going to attack this game, I think I'd prefer to do that. It's pretty tough to trust the Lakers uh, at home, even at home. It's pretty tough to trust the Pelicans at all uh, against a team with LeBron. So maybe the way to target this is with the under as far as the total goes. Uh, Not a game on my radar right now, but there's still time for us to debate it, to talk about it. Did dig into it, ultimately said Eh, we'll probably look elsewhere. But good point uh, on the under there with the Pelicans. Yeah, that would
3: be my first reaction. If I was going to get involved in that game, I would look towards going the under. Under the total of 223 is where we are currently. All right, let's move over to college basketball. And I want to talk big picture here. Of course, we opened the show talking about how exciting this March might be. If it's anything like Saturday, February 26th, where seven of the top 10 teams in the country were upset outright. And I want to ask you, you know, your reaction to all those teams going down. You mentioned Arizona falling to Colorado there in Boulder. Uh, You've got Arizona, Gonzaga, Kentucky fell. And then in the nine hole, you had the Texas Tech Red Raiders fall outright. Um, Do you think some of these teams are still for real? Or do you think maybe some of these teams are pretenders towards the top
4: of the college basketball rankings? There's eight to 10 teams that can win the championship this year. And I think Arizona, after watching that game against Colorado and then listening to the post-game comments, it was a little concerning. They said Colorado just played harder than them. And that's unfortunate to see. I have a hard time thinking that's going to happen again to Arizona when it really matters, whether it be in the Pac-12 tournament or in the NCAA tournament. It was a hiccup. And I think it was just it's a sign of what to come. March is here. I, has anyone ever seen this? Have the top six C's lost? It was like one after another, after another, after another. And I know there was a lot of people last night that lost a lot of money on Gonzaga. They took Gonzaga. They were getting points last night. That didn't work out. St. Mary's is a team that is very good, very underrated. People don't watch them. They're out on the West Coast. They're just another team in Gonzaga's conference, right? But. For the Zags, I, I still think they're the best team in the country, okay? They lost to a top 25 team last night. Let's just not throw the get the Zags out here. Maybe it was a, a, a wake-up call for the guards, including Timmy last night, who was not very good. So Gonzaga, one, just fine. Arizona, two, I'm fine with them. We can keep looking down here. Duke, maybe the most talented team in the nation. Somehow n- not enough has gelled for me to think that they're going to win the championship. But again— a top-five team, in my estimation. Purdue's another one. Uh, Kentucky, who everybody is jumping on the Kentucky bandwagon. They had a rough one. Baylor gets a great win over Kansas. You know, Kansas just went into a place where it was very difficult to win. If there, Actually, if there's one team that I'm kind of down on after yesterday was Kansas, off to a hot start, and then Baylor just shut them down defensively. Kansas' defense struggling as well. So if I look at those top six teams that lost yesterday, the one that I've got questions about right now would be KU.
3: Yeah, and I think it also just goes to show you how tough it is to win on the road at the college level, especially late in the season like that when some of these home teams are in the role of the underdog, they're playing for their playoff lives, or they're also playing with revenge because the other team beat them earlier in the season, so I think it's a tough spot for all these teams, no matter if it's the top 10 in the country or not, but to go on the road late in the season in conference. Um, You mentioned Duke and all that talent and how it hasn't really gelled. I'm kind of with you there. I I just wonder what it is about Duke, and now they blew out Syracuse on Saturday, but it seems like they struggle to just barely win a lot of games, and they're not dominant despite all that talent that they have. Arizona, I'm with you as well. I I think that was just a hiccup. You know, it was earlier in the week that they beat Utah by 20. They may have just felt that they could roll into Boulder and roll the ball out there and get a W. That was obviously not the case, Uh, but I agree that I I don't think any of these teams are in big trouble, and I think Kentucky's just fine as well. That Kentucky game. I think that was more of a case holding that Arkansas is just really good. This team's something to think about too.
4: Well, again, they're missing Wheeler, Ty Ty Washington for Kentucky. They're going to be just fine back to Duke real quick. If you notice though, nobody in their rotations played a tournament game. Think about that for a second. How is that going to affect things? I don't want to put too much stock into that, but it also has to be a factor. So, you know, these, these top 10 teams, I think with Duke, once again, young team, they got, a t- they got a lottery pick, at least one lot, probably two lottery picks on that team. It's, it's a cliche. That's not a team you want to face in March. You don't because of the talent, but I think this is a, this is a farewell for Mike Krzyzewski that is not going to end in a 5-4 appearance. So Kansas, Duke, these are two teams I'm a little bit down on right now. Purdue, Arizona, Gonzaga. Gosh, the hate for Gonzaga just continues. Like, they're never going to win a championship. Do you know how tough it is year after year after year? I don't care what conference it is to have a team this good that performs well in the early season against tough competition. I get it. Two losses earlier this year were against ranked teams. Gonzaga is a damn good program, a damn good team. And for anybody to say that they're frauds, which I heard a lot of this morning, they're frauds. They're not frauds. They're still the top team in the nation.
3: I I agree with you Holden. Uh what about the Villanova Wildcats? This is another team like Gonzaga that's always there year in and year out, extremely well coached. They're at 20 to 1 to win the title. They were one of the few teams that was idle yesterday and uh, was able to avoid upset Saturday.
4: Yeah, uh Villanova obviously with the pedigree there, talented team, Jay Wright's one of the best coaches in the nation. It's just not one of the teams I put up there with the 8, 7 or 8 teams that are on a level. They're kind of a tier two for me. Can they make a run? Yes. Do I expect them to? No.
3: All right, and they may end up being a two-seed as well. Still have the Big East mm-hmm. Conference on the line and, of course, the Conference Championship Tournament as well. When we come back, we will get to Dieter Kuchenbach and talk some Bay Area basketball. We'll cover the Golden State Warriors and also get his thoughts on the San Francisco 49ers and their quarterback sec- uh, quarterback situation when we continue here on the v Bet Center at v the Sports Betting Network.
2: is Beth Center on v the sports betting network.
3: Get an early start on your College Hoops tournament betting with VEASAN's full-court bracket betting coverage starting Sunday, March 6th, March 13th, with six hours of free live video streaming on VEASAN.com, including the full bracket reveal and the opening lines for every game. The VEASAN College Hoops experts, including Greg Hoops-Peterson, will analyze every game and discuss with the bookmakers making the lines to find out the best early values. Don't wait for the lines to move. Start your bracket and round one tournament betting with VEASAN College Hoops. Experts on Sunday, March 13th, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, and it's free at vcin.com. Brady Cannon and Holden Kirshner with you inside the Vison Bet Center. And now we want to add a third voice to the discussion. Dieter Kurtenbach now joins us. He is a columnist for the Bay Area News Group. You can hear him on KNBR Radio in San Francisco and follow him on Twitter, at Dieter. Dieter, thank you so much for joining us. I want to first start with the Golden State Warriors. They are in action tonight hosting the Dallas Mavericks. And a couple themes specifically and also big picture uh, specifically, you have Clay Thompson listed as questionable tonight. What have you heard about that? And then also you have James Wiseman expected to be coming back into the lineup soon. And also I read reports that yesterday on Saturday, uh, Draymond Green was practicing again. So what is kind of the injury situation right now for the Warriors?
2: Well, it's getting better is the way to put it. Um, The clay Thompson thing is he's questionable. He's just sick. Uh, It's not a COVID thing. He just is sick. So we'll see if he plays tonight really depends on how he feels. Um, I don't think the warriors are going to be pushing it too much. Uh, The Wiseman thing feels imminent. Uh, He is practiced down in the G league. He's been doing five on five scrimmages uh, with the NBA team. I wouldn't be stunned to see him in the next couple of games. Uh, Warriors have a hellacious March schedule. Uh, they're going to need another body. they needed another body for a minute now. He is seven feet and he gets six fouls. So James Wiseman's going to get some playing time whenever he is deemed good to go by the Warriors training staff. And again, that seems sooner rather than later for sure. As is Draymond Green, the injury is just so tricky. Uh, Draymond has never actually felt all that injured. And it's more of an issue of what, it, what is diagnosed it's a back injury. It's a very specific vertebrae injury, uh, sort of a sciatica thing going on, uh, which I think we all a little bit have when we're in our 30s, but much more difficult to play basketball when <laughs> your leg is tingling and your lower back is a mess. And they are playing it extremely cautiously, as well they probably should with Draymond Green. The Warriors are 33-6 and this season when Draymond Green plays. That doesn't have any Clay Thompson time with it. He, he has not played, but seven seconds uh, and all of those for him trying to get back to the bench alongside clay Thompson. So warriors are not going for the one seed. Uh, they, they've made it pretty clear that they're not overly concerned with what the Phoenix suns are doing and sort of chasing them down. They trust their championship pedigree to get them over the hump. If they are in an adverse situation come playoff time. So they're going to play it cautious with Draymond. And the, the fact that he's out on the court, he's practicing. That's a good sign because it has been very murky, very tricky to get a, a clear answer. I don't really feel like I have one as to the time frame for his return, but him being out on the court gives a pretty good indication that he will return. And if that's the case, then the Warriors championship hopes are restored. They're not winning the championship without Draymond green with him. there in the top tier.
4: Absolutely. Dieter, uh, so we talked about Klay Thompson. Obviously, all the betters are waiting on whether or not Thompson's playing tonight. But I want to go to a bigger picture here. Kind of limped into the all-star break with the four and five losses. Bounced back. You know, the starters got a chance to just completely rest against the Heat. Um, or No, I wouldn't say completely rest, but they had a nice little rest against the Heat <laughs> here. So where are the Warriors right now in the big picture? Are they where they need to be, or is it still an incomplete with Draymond Green missing?
2: It's incomplete with Draymond Green missing. And that's why they're just not going to take anything too seriously as it pertains to the day to day. Um, Again, it's just, it's quite as simple as they're not winning a championship without Draymond. So it'd be very strange for them to, to put too much stock in anything that happens. Now they lost four or five going into the all-star break. It was not ideal to say the least uh, how they were playing. They looked tired. They looked small. They didn't have any breaks in the schedule. They were getting big man after big man. And uh, Kevon Looney can only do so much. They don't have a backup five. I mean, it, it's Jonathan Kaminga. It's Otto Porter. It's Demia Bielitsa. These guys are fours. I mean, Otto Porter came into the league as a three. Uh, I think a lot of people saw Jonathan Kaminga as maybe a bigger, a bigger wing, but a wing nevertheless. Uh, Draymond Green does about 15 things for the Warriors that no one else could possibly replicate. Quarterback of the defense allows them to play in, Uh, sort of the warrior style on both ends of the court. Nothing happens without Draymond. He's the heartbeat of that team. They're in good shape. I mean, it's not as if they're scrubs. Uh, It's not as if everything's going to, you know, completely bottom out because he's not there. But when we're talking about the big picture, we're talking about, can this team win a championship? And it it really just revolves around Draymond, getting him back on the court, getting him in shape when he's back uh, on the court. So getting him in shape before he's back on the court he was in such great shape because of the Olympics this past summer, the warriors were able to really get rocking and rolling at the beginning of the season and made that statement to the rest of the NBA that, Hey, they're back. Um, so Draymond needs to be in shape. He needs to be ready to hit the ground running when he does come back. But yeah, everything's in somewhat of a holding pattern uh, as it pertains to clay and Steph and everything they' They're not going to be too worried about any of the, the micro levels because big picture Draymond green is the straw that stirs the drink for the golden state warriors.
3: He is Dieter Kurtenbach. You can read him in the San Jose Mercury News, hear him on KNBR Radio in San Francisco, and follow him on Twitter at Dieter. I want to shift over to the San Francisco 49ers, another team you cover there in the Bay Area, and obviously a very interesting offseason for this team that made quite a run, almost got to uh, the big game down at SoFi Stadium, but uh, could not beat the Rams for a third time this season, and the Rams go on to win it all. And, of course, questions immediately after the 49ers were eliminated where's Jimmy G going to end up next season will Trey Lance assume the role of the starter what is the latest buzz in the Bay Area Dieter I've read some things that Jimmy G might not be shipped out of town
2: that's the that's the 49ers posturing that's the 49ers uh to my summation They, they don't leak very much but from what I can garner from talking to outside sourcing around the NFL they're not getting the offers that they really want at this juncture. Uh, They're also just not getting a lot of traction right now because the entire NFL world is held up by Aaron Rodgers nonsense and whatever's going on up in Seattle with Russell Wilson and Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be the first domino to fall when those two dominoes are in theory on the board. So um, that's just the Niners. They did this a couple of times during the regular season, uh, you know, saying to some very friendly folks who can get out a message for them, hey, uh, you know, we'd like to ramp up a little bit of intensity here. We'd like a little bit more interest in Jimmy Garoppolo because right now the water's a little lukewarm. Uh, As it pertains to Jimmy, he's gone. They can't afford to keep him. Uh, They don't want to keep him. Uh, It was a lame duck year, and that means that he's got to go. They believe Trey Lance is fully ready and capable of of taking over the starting job. It's obviously a a tricky scenario in the sense that he'll be a a first-time, first-year starter next year and this is a team with legitimate i believe super bowl aspirations for next season the odds makers seem to agree there's going to be speculation and nonsensical uh i put reporting in quotes about tom brady uh if anyone would like to you know read tom brady's mind some more go to town i would like to think that the guy who is so diligent and planned out in his life wouldn't wouldn't completely reneg on retiring after a month but you know who knows uh and perhaps coming back home to San Francisco, playing for his favorite team as a kid uh, is something that he wants to do. It, it's not something I'm sure the Tampa Bay Buccaneers want to do, which is trade Tom Brady to the San Francisco 49ers. And they certainly wouldn't do it before June one, which then puts the Niners in a tricky position of, well, it's Tom Brady. How soon can he learn a playbook? Cause he's never run an offense like Kyle Shanahan. And with the terminology and the expectations on the quarterback, Uh, That's one of the reasons Jimmy Garoppolo is gone. That trust was never developed after years with Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo. Kyle didn't feel like he was an offensive coordinator on the field. Can he get Tom Brady, who is absolutely of that caliber when he has time to work with the material? Can he get Tom Brady to that point after a June one? I seriously doubt it, even though those are two of the best at their profession and Tom Brady is the best that's ever done it at his. So it's probably not in the cards there. The Aaron Rodgers thing is, is ridiculous. I have heard that suggested for the 49ers. Uh, Let me know when the green Bay Packers trade their MVP quarterback to a team that's beaten them in the playoffs a couple times in a row now. And uh, I'll show you a fantasy world scenario. It's Trey Lance. And the question now is just what they can get for Garoppolo. I would imagine some more work is done here in person at the combine and we have a much clearer understanding. Once Roger says he's either staying in green bay or wants to go, we'll have a clear understanding of where Jimmy goes, but Jimmy's going to go. and He'll probably get maybe a day, three, maybe a day two pick, maybe a day, three pick. I can imagine a lot of folks around the NFL are like, well, if Kyle Shanahan couldn't do anything with this guy, what are we going to do with them? Uh, and then that's probably driving the price lower as is his contract. But I would say I would say he's gone. It's Trey Lance year.
3: All right, Dieter, thank you so much. Terrific insights, my friend. Enjoy the Warriors game tonight, and we'll talk to you again down the road. Thanks for having me. That is Dieter Kurtenbach, covers the Bay Area very well. Great stuff there on the Warriors and the 49ers. We'll be back with more of the Bet Center in just a moment.
0: if you dare.